Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I am John Laredo, your host, back feeling refreshed from a great trip to Hawaii, Maui, Unbelievable. If you've never gotten a chance to go there, I highly, highly recommend it. It was an unbelievably fabulous week. I went with my kids, Nick and Sky, just the three of us, and we just had a great balance between beaching it and chilling out and going to uh, excursions and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it was a ton of fun. Great, great quality time. So I hope you are feeling refreshed. Hopefully you got a chance to get away somewhere during the spring break. Uh, so today I want to share a story. Speaking about travel, I want to talk about a story that uh, about a trip that I took to Taiwan and some of the really cool leadership stuff that I learned. I didn't expect to learn, but that I learned through my experiences in this uh, trip to Taiwan. So this goes back, I think, two or three years ago. I was asked to speak at a conference there uh, through Gamma, uh, and it was to speak on leadership uh, to a group of, I'm going to say, 1,500 or 2,000 people, and uh, to do a main stage presentation and then uh, also a breakout session. Uh, so each of those were going to be 45 minutes to an hour. So it was two presentations I had to prepare. I was honored, thrilled. Um, it was a really cool opportunity. It was my first experience to speak internationally. And uh, so I had put in a ton of prep for this. And by the way, if you go to my LinkedIn profile and you look at the background picture, uh, you will see that's me on the stage presenting to the group. And it's a picture taken behind me and looking out to this group. It was one of the most amazing um theaters, auditoriums, because the seats went up. You'll see in the picture, it's like a stadium seating and it, it was a pretty steep grade and it went all the way up and it was just a really cool vantage point. So it's kind of a cool picture if you get a chance to take a look at it. Uh, but uh, so I had been invited, you know, obviously had a lot of prep time, made sure I was ready to go. I had my presentations all set, you know, picked out my outfits. I was going to wear a suit, you know, to kind of a formal environment uh, there and wanted to obviously make sure I look my best. So, uh, and I invited my twin sister, Julie, to come with me. So uh, we had an absolute blast. It was so much fun. So the flight out to Taiwan is not an easy one. It's, I think we had to connect, I think we connected in New York and then from New York, we took a direct flight. But the direct flight from there, I'm going to say it was 17, maybe 18 hours. It was the longest flight I have ever been on by far. Um, for those of you who have ever been on a flight like that, you know what I'm talking about. It is, um, crazy, uh, long time. I mean, it's, you're on a plane for almost a day. So, uh, needless to say, you know, you dress comfortably. I want to make sure that, you know, I can relax and be comfortable in this 18 hour trip. So I'm in like a t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops. 
And uh, we finally get there, my sister and I, and we get to the luggage area. And, and I, um, <laughs> I had, I'm waiting for my luggage, waiting, waiting, waiting. Nothing's coming, and and I finally see a sign on the luggage rack, and the luggage rack has this little tent card sign that says John Larito, please see service desk. And I'm thinking, okay, that's not good. That's not a very good sign. So, uh, needless to say, I take the sign. I go over to them, and they say. Um, uh, there's been a little bit of a problem. We don't have your luggage. I said, okay. And I didn't get too crazy worked up at that point. I said, okay, well, what flight is it on and when's it coming? They said, uh, well, we've fi- figured it out. We found it. It is actually still in Boston. Now, uh, at that point, my presentation, I was speaking at like two in the morning Eastern time. It was two in the afternoon Taiwan time. Uh, so, uh, you know, with nothing else, with everything going perfect, that, that would be a challenge because you've got to get yourself, you know, revved up, but I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, okay, my presentation is in less than 24 hours and it took 24 hours total to get from Boston. So even if it got on a plane right then, it would not reach me in time. Now, keep in mind, I have no clothes with me other than what I'm wearing, which is a t-shirt, shorts, and sandals. All of my stuff, my suits, everything like that are in this luggage. Now, I've since learned a very valuable lesson. Don't do that. If you're going to do a presentation, bring a suit on the plane. I now do that. But uh, the realization at that point, very crazy, uh, real moment of the panic of saying, okay, I don't have and I won't have my luggage and my suits for this presentation I'm about to do in front of 2,000 people. And all I have is a t-shirt, shorts, and sandals. So uh, with that realization, my sister and I kind of look at each other and said, okay, well, we're going to have to do some shopping. And which was fine, which we did. And um, at the same point, though, not realizing that, you know, I am 6'3", 240 pounds. Um, There are not a lot of 6'3", 240 pound guys running around Taiwan. And to find a suit that fit me was turning out to be an unbelievably difficult task. We went from store to store to store to store. Now, at first, the tone was like, okay, this is fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we're tasting different stuff from Taiwan and going through the streets, Um, kind of our own little adventure. And and I'm totally at ease thinking, okay, there's obviously going to be a place that is going to have a suit that I can wear. It doesn't have to look perfect, but at least something. And uh, I quickly realized this was going to be really difficult. Every store was saying, you know, no, we don't have anything even close to something in your size. Or they would say, they'd be excited. They'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd run to the back. They'd bring out a jacket that I couldn't (laughs) couldn't even get my arms into. So needless to say, this slowly elevated to panic. And I'm starting to think, and I'd start to go into stores, and I'd say, do you have anything? It doesn't even have to be a suit. Just something, just a shirt, something that looks better than what I'm wearing right now. Uh, It was no, 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 all the way through the end of the day. And it was probably four o'clock in the afternoon. We finally stumbled on a store that happened to have one suit that ended up fitting me. And it actually worked out okay. Uh, I got the shirt, I got the tie, I got the suit, I got the belt, I got the pants, everything. Uh, And I'm thinking, okay, fine. Now all I need to do is get shoes. Now this store did not have shoes, 
well, I've got size 14 feet. And again, size 14 feet to find shoes. I, I usually don't, I can't, can't go in a store in the States here and find shoes that are size 14. I've always got to order them. So to be able to walk into a store in Taiwan where there probably aren't a lot of people with size 14 feet uh, still was now this remaining challenge. So here I now envision myself in a suit and just sandals. Uh, okay, how's that going to look? Well, uh, needless to say, we finally, at about maybe 5 o'clock, right before stores were going to close, found a store that had size 14 <laughs> shoes. So it was just this unbelievable thing that came together. I did the presentation. It was fantastic. I actually told the story on stage. Now, and, and got a great response and a lot of laughter from it. Um that was my very panicked 24 hours of time. And what I realized then is, you know, part of me is like, okay, I at one point resigned to the fact that I may be doing this presentation in my shorts and t-shirt and flip-flops. And I would just have this great story to tell. And people would remember that presentation. So part of me actually thinks, you know, do we sometimes get overworked about stuff? In reality, had that happened, had I had, had I literally had no choice and people would have understood, um, had I had no choice and had to do that, it would have made for a really interesting story. And I don't know, maybe it would have been a more pre memorable presentation than I did. Who knows? But the bottom line is sometimes we get overly worked up about stuff and in reality, uh, things still work out no matter what. I still would have done the presentation. It still would have been great. Yes, it might have looked a little funny, but who knows? Again, maybe there would have been more uh, people talking about it, more people sharing videos of it, uh, more memories uh, of it. So in any event, that was one uh, crazy uh, story. Two other things I learned there, though. One of the things that was fascinating about Taiwan is there was no... Tra it was one of the cleanest cities I've ever seen. There were no... No trash through the city uh, anywhere, and which was in and of itself an accomplishment. But what made it more of a, a fascinating concept is the fact that there were no trash cans anywhere. Now, when I say no trash cans, I don't mean just there were no trash cans on the street. There were no trash cans in restaurants, in Starbucks. didn't even matter. There were no trash cans anywhere. So I'm like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Where does the trash go? Like, I mean, it's one thing if they, they're they clean city, but they've got all these trash receptacles. So at least you have a place to put it. We, My sister and I got like a coffee and we're like, okay, well, what do we do with our empty cups? And we finally asked somebody, we got a uh, ride in a cab and we asked the guy, you know, what's the deal with, you know, first of all, how do you keep the city so clean? But w why are there no trash cans? And he said, well, the country actually asked its uh, citizens to mind their own trash, which basically means that each person carries around their own little bag that they put their trash in and then they bring it home. So you do, when, when he said that, I finally took notice and I'm like, yeah, everybody's got a little bag that they're walking around with. It's not stuff that they bought at the store, it's their trash. They take care of their own trash. That was just the expectation that they put out there. And the expectation that uh, the president had put out and the leaders of, of Taiwan is that, listen, we're, we are going to be a, an immaculate city. We're going to be a very clean city. Here's the way that we're going to do it. We're not going to put out trash cans. You are responsible for your own trash. And we're relying on each of you to uphold that, not just to yourselves, but also with each other. So when you see other people not abiding by this, we expect you to hold them accountable and to say something to them. And sure enough, the whole country did. It was unbelievable. So 
I found that pretty fascinating and just a really cool leadership lesson that when you share, so many leaders don't ask their teams, their people, their organization to do the things that they want them to do. They don't share the vision, the culture, and what the expectations should be. And then they wonder why you know there's so much trash on the streets or why people aren't uh, treating people the way that they want them to or communicating enough or sharing ideas and best practices. Well, as the leader, have you said that? Have you, have you said it enough and loudly enough and repeated it enough? So that was the first lesson. It was interesting what you can accomplish by just asking people and telling them what you, what you expect. That was interesting. Second takeaway was crime rates in Taiwan are incredibly low unbelievably low. It was one of the safest cities and is one of the safest cities uh, in the world. And I'd asked, uh, and, and the interesting thing is we saw no police cars, none. Uh, we, on our, our, our entire trip, we did not see a single uh, policeman, policewoman, or a police vehicle at all the entire trip, yet crime was incredibly low. And again, I asked somebody, well, how is that? Why do they do that? And I don't know if this is the full answer, but this was part of it. They said, you know, we, we have uh, adopted just a culture of, of crime just doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. And it started because I think the, the punishments were so severe. I mean, like ridiculously severe. If you were caught with a knife or any kind of weapon, it was no questions asked. You were automatically convicted and and jail time was significant. It wasn't like you went through a trial process. You were convicted. Um, so it was harsh for sure. But wow, did it do the trick? I mean, there was literally, there were no concerns. We walked through the entire city at all different times of day and night without a concern in the world. I can't say that for many cities. Uh, there's usually spots that you wouldn't want to go in different times or whatnot. This was totally different. And it was the culture, the, the culture, the leader owns the culture. And it starts with defining what it is. What do you want? What do you want your people to do? What do you want this to look like and feel like? So as the leader of your organization, whatever organization you lead, are you talking about that enough? Are you sharing with the team what this looks like when this culture is operating the way that you want it to? When this organization is really operating at its peak level? And the point of arrival, what does it look like and feel like? What's happening? Like, what do you see and hear and observe? What are you experiencing? What are clients observe, uh, experiencing? What are they uh, observing? Uh, the leader cannot do that enough. Critical stuff. So anyways, I thought that was uh, kind of a fun uh, few stories from my trip to Taiwan. Uh, I think I'm going to say it was maybe three years ago, but uh, great, great life lessons and leadership lessons I thought I'd pass on to you. So a couple funny ones there. So in any event, uh, as always, share this, like this, subscribe. Make sure you give me comments, thoughts, or suggestions on other topics or, or uh, guests for this show. And stay tuned. I've got my book, Tomorrow's Leader, coming out in a matter of weeks. I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, stay tuned. I'll tell you more about how you can get advanced copies of it. And uh, you'll see it on social media, all kinds of stuff. So in the meantime, thanks for joining. I will look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.